1: A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police,
0: but a of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ellsworth Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. So, uh, you've probably heard by now, Dan Dio doesn't work at DC Comics anymore.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Now, is it 100% official that this was a firing and that he didn't leave of his own recognizance or if this was some sort of – it feels very strange because, again, all this time later, we waited till Thursday to talk about this, and they've said nothing, no statement, no anything.
0: Nope, no official words. So actually, it's even hearsay to suggest he was fired, Uh, although I think – what's it called? Didio doesn't refute it, and he has made his own personal statements about it. Uh, in public uh the the statement is basically thanks for the support
1: right cuz i mean if it was me and you know people were saying i was fired i would be the first person to jump out and be like no 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 they didn't fire me i quit even if i meant it passive aggressively
0: well exactly the thing is you don't want to you want to be able to control your own narrative and That's- uh you don't want to look incompetent in a public forum like the entertainment industry so you know to be fired so suddenly and so publicly, but with no statement from anybody, it doesn't look good.
1: No. You know, and the longer the they go on without yeah. a statement, the weirder it gets.
0: That's right. That's right. The longer, it, it's it's literally, we're not going to get an official, word. it feels like we're not getting to get an official word about Dio from DC until they replace him. And I don't think they're going to, because the reality is he was publisher and he shared yeah. that duty with Jim Lee. They were both co-publishers. I don't. Levels of executive management do we need? We got an editor in chief, two co-publishers. Mm-hmm. We got a president of the company, which is now actually just president of Warner Brothers Entertainment and not president of DC Comics specifically. Yeah. She's just dealing with all of it. So really, sounds. Like, you know, yeah.
1: Sounds, that sounds like a joke, doesn't it? How many publishers does it take to screw in a light bulb?
0: Right? I, well, and it doesn't feel like they're screwing in too many light bulbs, honestly.
1: Not these days.
0: So uh, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. We're going to be talking about Dan Dea. We're going to look back on his career. We're not going to really try and focus on the firing or the controversy surrounding the firing or no, even no. the misinformation that has surrounded this controversy or this news story uh, for the last week. Instead, we're just going to look at his career and look yeah. back at it and be like, here it is because we we do this now. Uh, we we take a we do a profile on a creator and we just look back on their on their uh, on their life and their. Their contribution to the medium. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, their their body of work, any themes that uh persist, and you know, trying to uh, try and paint a picture, uh if you will. This is your life, Dan Didio. Right, I'm sure he'll appreciate the episode. Oh, I'm uh, sure he will. I'm sure he's got a big smile on his face
0: wherever he I is. I mean, every photo of him does. uh So yeah,
1: he looked to be a happy guy. He's a public.
0: jocular fellow. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, the show is live. Uh, if you're catching it live, guess what? You're a potential sponsor for today's episode because all you got to do to sponsor the show is use the Super Chats. Ask a question. Make a comment. We'll do a little Mm -hmm. tit-for-tat. You say something, I'll respond to it, and we'll make it into a whole thing. It'll be part of the show. Uh, But it only happens for live people, so catch the show live. Normally on Tuesdays around 12, 12.30 in the afternoon on Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Tuesday was a bad day for me. Uh, Physically, I was just feeling like garbage. And as you can hear, you might be able to tell, I'm I'm still getting over it. I'm, I'm back to normal. But my chest is now like, okay, yeah. well let's get rid of that stuff now. And it's like, Real. oh, cool.
1: <laughs> that's always that's always the worst for people in our field who have to talk for a living, where it's like, hey, let's totally mess up the ear nose and throat area. Right,
0: exactly. Let's really alter the thing that you make your living on. Um man, I remember being sick as a kid and having the same woes, like being like, Oh no, I won't be able to talk anymore.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yep.
0: Flywheel Shyster helping us out with a big old thumbs up. Thank you very much, Flywheel. And uh, Eat That Horse. Was he at all related in all those harassment cover-ups mm-hmm. near when the New 52 started? I wasn't mm-hmm. reading comics back then. Uh, here's the thing. I, I am not gonna editorialize about that because it gets dangerously close to slander. And yeah. the, 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 what I will say is there have been reports within the industry at large some of them in DC, and there has been some back scratching. Uh, Dadio has skillfully avoided any controversy surrounding it. I've noticed he uh, he
1: sure has, which is interesting. And I wonder if that's kind of the thing where it's like, oh yeah, give me all the shit in the world about uh, Nightwing and Wally West. Just <laughs> do not
0: tie me to that other shit. Yeah, just don't don't suggest that I like groom female creators and give them you know sexual harassment. So uh, I I don't know and i don't want to talk about it only because we don't we don't know anything and we and probably
1: the, won't know
0: and the last thing i want to do is add to the noise by mm-hmm. suggesting it's anything more illicit than He was a crappy co-publisher, which which arguably is not true. And we'll get into that in a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You know, there's also the other thing, too, that, uh, you know, people never bring up in these situations. And that is maybe he decided he had enough money. He was like staring (laughs) down. He was staring down the barrel of 60. He had done this job for over a decade. Maybe he just decides, you know, what? I want to paint now. I want to do something else
0: there. There is no such person outside of Bill Watterson or Fred Rogers who would look at a pile of money and say, I think I have enough. I think <laughs> uh, it, it, It's frustrating, and I, I've literally had, I've had this conversation with a couple of people recently where I'm, like, talking about wealth and rich people and th- this, like, there is no, they always move the goalposts, mm. you know? I, I know that, like, when you're growing up, you know, you have a number in your head, I get this number, I'm good to go, and then once you hit that number, or if you ever hit that number, you move the goalpost. Then you're like, okay, well, I have that number, but what else can I get? So <laughs> see, I, I, don't see, I don't believe think
1: I, it. <laughs> I see, I don't think I have a number in my head so much as I have like uh what a is level it? Like of a comfort. Physi- well, that too, but also like a physical gold post where if I ever become gold toilet rich, where I can afford a golden turlet, yeah, then I think I'm good. Right.
0: I'm, I don't I'm a, know what my
1: rocket car and my golden house.
0: Right, exactly. Your solid gold house. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't know where my limit is. Um, I'm living the I'm I'm living the high life right now, and I don't make a lot. Mm. Uh, I make enough to be to do this, which is all I want to do. So I'm good. I mean, like, if I could literally publish my own books, like out of pocket, without having to kickstart them and stuff, maybe then. But like, honestly, I'm I'm good. I, I don't know what that number is, but you know, we'll see. But basically, it would be to pay Ben and Ethan and Tiffany more.
1: That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Comic misexplained. Explained, Joel just wants 50 bucks. Yes,
0: please. Right? Give me, give me. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, Tiki James, do you think DC and Marvel should stop with the continuity for a year and focus on graphic novels? And one off as a palate cleanser. No, I think they should just do both. And mm. I think it's totally possible. Shared universes are they are hard to build, but they're easy to maintain if you have an actual like hierarchy of checks and balances.
1: Absolutely. I and, mean, uh, what what is I think Valiant actually showed a perfect example of how you can and did do that for a long period of time. Yeah,
0: but I think they really need, need to believe in the original graphic novel, particularly because that's where the New York Times bestseller lists come from. That's where mm-hmm. the bulk of your sales come from. That's how manga sales do well. Like, it's about selling in bookstores. Get those OGNs out there. Uh, Jay mm-hmm. Boslinsky, much love to you both trepidation's at best about 5G. Sounds terrible. Let classic characters be themselves. Stop all the events, have confidence. More. Right. Uh, the, the funny thing is, I looked at a timeline they released recently. It was a it was a photo of what I think is going to be in a free comic book day issue. and
1: Right, uh, Generation Zero.
0: Generation Zero. And it showed you all the Gs, and a logo that associated with those Gs, with those generations. Number one, all of them were Batman-related, but number two... Naturally. Each one... Represented literally just like the era of the comics, like the the silver age, the bronze age, the copper age, like it, and I'm like, so you're basically saying it's all happened, and five G is like the future one. That's fine because you could literally just futures end that shit and be like, no, like <laughs> you you could you could legitimately do like because five G does sound suspiciously like futures end where Doesn't it ever. Future's End was this alternate reality history where they're like, this is the future. It's coming. This is really going to be the future. And no one liked it. It was a horrible series. And by the end of it, they went, nah. And they yeah, threw they it away. Yeah, they literally, in the, in the last couple issues, like, did we say that was happening? We meant no. Right. And, and everything got supplanted because of Future's End. But afterwards, mm-hmm. they just went right back to where they were. 5G is like, old Bruce Wayne and young black Batman, okay, that'll be a fun alternate reality that will help Superman fight some multiversal threat about five years down the line. Like, literally, they could just take 5G and be like, we're doing this for a year. And then no one reads it, and then they freaking throw it away.
1: The biggest thing they really did is to say that, oh yeah, Wonder Woman is actually canonically the first DC superhero now, historically.
0: (laughs) Quit trying to make something out of something. Like, okay, fine. Like, you don't need to make an event out of it. You could literally... it that's the like like that's the level of continuity change slash uh, retcon that you'd find in like an, an 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 issue of Green Lantern.
1: Yeah, it's true, and also feels very much like a movie-related thing, where it's like, well, no, she's got to be first now because of those movies, because Wonder Woman eighty four is coming out, and that one's actually tracking pretty good.
0: Okay, uh, I could think of bigger boneheaded decisions made by DC. So Same. Let's talk about Dan Didio. Yes, uh, Didio. It's it's funny because like we talked about how he's had this job for 10 years, but really he's been working at DC for more like 20 years.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and before that, he got his start in television. I would be remiss to say that he worked for Mainframe Entertainment, the makers of Reboot and Shadow Planet and all these other wonderful Canadian icons.
0: Yes, it's ironic that uh, Dan DiDio was story editor for a show called Reboot.
1: I know, right? A man
0: who loved reboot so dearly. <laughs> His predilection for rebooting everything. Uh, dude worked on reboot, which, by the way, uh, not bad. I will say though, uh, he was the story editor for season three of reboot, mm. which I didn't watch.
1: Many many people maligned season three. That's that's the one with Matrix, yeah, where it all got darker and grittier and everything, and they completely blew up the status quo.
0: Yeah, you could really uh, you could see a through line here. Uh, how. Yeah, reboot was this kind of, like, fun and all Mm. ages, anyone could enjoy it, kids Mm. and adults, uh, universe, with all these, like, fun, whimsical characters, and then season three comes along, and with it Dan and suddenly, it it becomes this dark, gritty, adult-oriented, you know, literally the little boy in the story now has one eye, and he's, like, a grizzled war veteran, like, and that was back in 97, (laughs) <laughs> yep,
1: the, the the Robin analog goes through a dark and gritty reboot and everything. Yep. Yeah,
0: what the hell was that little boy's name? Enzo. I never really liked Enzo. No, <laughs> Enzo I never. Age, age, Enzo ages Bob.
1: Yeah, exactly. He should. <laughs> Man, you want to know the funniest thing about Enzo? Enzo was never even supposed to be in reboot. That was a story note from an old Italian producer who said, Hey, you know, you need a kid in this show. You need someone, uh, a POV for the children. You know, a little Enzo. To which... <laughs> To which the writers are like, so what are we going to call him? Enzo work for... Our... Okay, he's going to be Enzo then. Right,
0: exactly. That's the level of creative like output from the writers' room when they're being told I, they need to do something.
1: I just love that. We need a little Enzo, and yeah. that's why... Little Enzo! <laughs> and his name doesn't match any of the other computer things, you know, dot, mouse, everything else. Who's he, Enzo?
0: Yeah. Why not? Why not? But yeah, so uh, DiDio uh, joins DC around like, like the beginning of 2002, Uh, as vice president of editorial,
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he also wrote. Yes, he did, which many people forget that he also has a writing career. I don't think he has any, like, instant classics that people can point to, though I find it really hilarious that he got that job at DC uh, on on the office end the same time he was writing Superboy, which is funny, because here's a legacy character, here's a young character... (laughs) The sort of characters that everyone, I think, would say, even in a memey way, oh, you know, Jadillo hates those characters because they age the older ones.
0: Right, well, I mean, I think in the Superboy case, well, he did write, I think, only, like, six issues of that series. Um, I think because Superboy was technically, like, a clone, mm-hmm. and argue, this was- like, he was made only, a, like, a year ago.
1: So, right. This was near the end. This was in the era when, like, Connell was living in Hawaii and Knockout was there. And I think by the end, it's Superman was like, okay, why don't you just go live in Smallville? And you know, we'll say you're like my your other cousin.
0: Right. Right. I mean, because we've we've literally run out of stories that a be earinged be earringed, you know, counterculture Superboy can tell.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's let's
0: just do Junior Superman now. Um, I like Connor. And I but, and I love his like dark years when he was a leather jacket wearing like asshole. Yeah. Um you know, his embarrassing years. Those are his blunder years if you will.
1: Yeah, d- don't we all have those?
0: I think we all have the Connell years. Oh, totally. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, but D'Adio does have a writing credits, uh, and he's been writing, it's not like he became, like, an, an executive, and then he, like, halfway through was like, I'm creative, and then started writing shit. Like, he's been writing since then. Like, he started with Superboy, he moved on, he, uh, uh he, not only did he write books, he also wrote a column, uh, Destination, which, uh, it was at the end page of every book. I, I remember it being there and never reading any of
1: no, same here. Again, it's a, it's not like the Stan soapboxes where it's like, oh, what was your favorite DC nation?
0: Well, yeah, because for me, I remember like Stan Soapbox, it's Stan. He's like the father of Marvel Comics. Well, one of them. And, you know, he, when Stan has something to say and he's saying it on behalf of Marvel, you, you kinda you kinda listen. Mm-hmm. When the new executive vice president of like marketing comes in and he's like, I'm writing a little thing. Like, who are you? What are you, what are you saying? Like, wh- what is this?
1: I, I don't know you, man. I haven't let you into my home and into my heart the same way I let Stan. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh, that being said, like he did become a pretty like strong advocate for his industry and for his comics. Absolutely. Um, his column did resume for a, for a good long time. And of course, uh, he, you know, not, not getting into the, the, the weekly series yet, but he also worked on other series like uh, Metal Men and whatnot. Uh, can we talk of- about
1: – Yeah, I was going to say, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. I think you know, if we can sum up DiDio as a creator, I think there's two things that he really loved and really championed. One was the Metal Men. The other one was OMAC because he would write those series, and every time there was a new initiative – like New Fifty Two or what have you. Yeah. Oh look, Omac got a book, and oh look, the Metal Men got that. Really, who who likes these? Didio liked them,
0: right? And and that for me is almost clever. And I'll tell you why. If you're gonna be an executive and you have your sights set on publisher or president of this company, uh, but you but you still want to kind of ingratiate yourself with the fans and get some cred, uh, you could screw up. And insert yourself and write a Batman book or a Superman mm-hmm, book, mm-hmm. especially if you are not a writer. If you've only been a story editor and you've only been an executive, like, right. you could really put out a pretty big matzo ball in front of everybody. But instead, he's like, I'm going to pick niche characters that the, the, the fan base for which is so niche and so vocal. They'll be happy to have a metalman book. It's it's almost endearing,
1: and like he did it so
0: often. I'm like, no, he has
1: to be a fan of these characters. And what what a fan move. When I get in power, I'm going to be sure to push the characters I like. It would be like if I had his job. And it's like, okay, Green, so Arrow. What's Green Arrow. Yeah, what's <laughs> Green Arrow doing this week, everyone? So Green Arrow's the center of the universe, right? He's the new fourth pillar. Yes. Okay. No one wants to write it. Fuck it. I'll write it.
0: Right. I. I by the way, just as a side note, I can't believe after Arrow became successful that they didn't go all in on Green Arrow.
1: Well, it's they did. They brought in the writers from the show to write it. Yeah, but the fans hated it. That's not going it.
0: all in on a Green Arrow. I mean like making Green Arrow the linchpin of your events. I mean making ancillary Green Arrow series, making Green Arrow original graphic novels, oh, reprinting yeah. like The Longbow Hunters in an oversized graphic novel format. Like really selling Green Arrow as like better Batman. He's more well adjusted. He's brighter mm-hmm. colored. He's got oh, sexier yeah. sidekicks. There's more to go. There's more to go on with this. Like you could really have tried and there could have been a very very clear path for mainstreaming green arrow especially when you have a major fan favorite series behind him on tv
1: green arrow's history is just a long line of dropped balls and boondoggles and everything he doesn't even have a fucking book now right
0: bizarre but uh no i think that his affinity for things like metal men and the outsiders is machiavellian Mm. I, i think that he's like no they'll be glad to have a book they'll champion me. And because there's like, there have been a lot of issues with metal men, but definitely in the con in, in in the context of like the two thousands, not so much the comparative, uh, the the comparison of previous runs of metal men to the current run of metal men. You really got to go back and look for those books to see if the writing is in fact better or not. So if it's modern enough and it's, Contemporarily, like if, if its voice is contemporary enough and it has a halfway decent story, people will say hey, Metal Man is good mm-hmm. and those fans will will talk about what an awesome champion of fan favorite characters you are and they'll mm-hmm. get behind you and you can be like, no, 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 my favorite character is the Metal Man, you can't check me on that, I don't have to <laughs> name any of them like, you know what I mean, it, it's, it's one thing if you say like, my favorite character is Batman and you got literally 100 people who are like I challenge your credibility as a <laughs> fan.
1: To explain.
0: Yeah, please show me your cred. Whereas all you have to do is be able to name all the metal men to say you are the world's biggest metal man fan.
1: It's like, <laughs> fair enough. Good. Good on you, sir. I, I have no clap back to this. Right,
0: because I can't. And and it's not because I think they suck. It's just I don't care. Uh, Rusky says one day YouTube will fix streaming on mobile one day. Uh, I hope so. Uh, I heard they did with the update. So update your your YouTube on your phone. Uh, as if C. Ed says, I can't stay for long, just wanted to give some cash and say you two got me back into reading comics. Thank Aww. you very much, man. I really appreciate that. I love to hear that. That means a lot. Uh, hopefully you're catching this either live or on the on the repeat. Uh, and Taylor Pechter, his tenure, that is to say Dan DiDio's, mm. as both executive editor and later publisher was definitely rocky. A lot of good and a lot of bad. He was a part in some of my favorite stories. Let's talk about mm. some of the good. What were some of the good things that Dan DiDio brought to the table at DC Comics?
1: I mean, uh, he was one of the architects behind the new 52, obviously, for good or for ill. But here's the thing. You like your Jeff Lemire's, you like your Scott Snyder's, you like that whole class of writers. You got to thank Dan DiDio because he had a major hand in hiring all these people. In fact, they were some of the first people to, you know, uh, what is it, express their condolences for his leaving and everything. And I think, huh, you know, you really don't think of the web that he weaves and the ripple effects in that regard.
0: No, that's right. Uh, The guy had to have an eye for talent. Um, and find that talent curate it and put it on the right books uh, as mm. co-publisher I mean that's really mo- mostly editor's job uh, but I don't know what the hell Bob Harris does no neither do I so and, and the fact is but uh, so I don't I, I I wouldn't credit Harris with a lot of like the effort the, the boots on the ground getting talent curating it and, and and fostering talent within the books uh but not only did he, Birth the New Fifty Two, which I hate, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But he also was <laughs> the architect of Fifty Two.
1: Yes, yes, he was. Although he had a very controversial take on it, saying Countdown was better than Fifty Two. Well,
0: here's the thing: like, so that 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 is the wake of Fifty Two. But when Fifty Two started, he and others uh, instrumentally executed a weekly series with top tier art and current mm-hmm. writers and artists. Developing a series that literally told a linear story and multiple stories each week, culminating in kind of like the one of the best stories of Brewster Gold ever. Yeah. While also introducing new characters, Batwoman, for example. Uh, was it Batwoman? Did she get brought into fi- on 52. Are,
1: are you thinking of the question?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking of the question. I'm sorry. No, right, Batwoman showed up then, too. It's been so long since I've read. 52, I think that I up in fifty two, uh, but in any case, fifty two. Uh, it was a it was a feat of comic book engineering where it's like we- weekly series in continuity and it's good. That's yeah, amazing, yeah. and it was so amazing and so successful that DiDio never let the number go.
1: No, he never did.
0: Where he's like, and it fifty two. Brilliant idea! It's a good marketing strategy. Fifty-two weeks in a year, boom, that's it. That that oh, and I guess fifty-two Earths or whatever. But like, let's yes. let's just start with that. That's really cool. Then, I think because he wanted credit and he wanted more, because like people credit a lot of other people for for their success. Fifty-two, they uh, certainly do. The writers and the artists and whatnot. But I I I think that DiDio wanted more out of that, which is where the the proliferation of weekly series came in and the mm. insistence on that number and him saying the countdown was better than 52.
1: Yes. Which I, which people still give him shit about to this day. He didn't even say it was better. He said that countdown was 52 done right, which I was like, Oh, Oh, Oh,
0: right. 52 was done right. Countdown was done a hundred percent wrong. And by the way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: countdown, as far as I'm concerned, is just a precursor to final crisis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's countdown to yeah. To that's, final, it's
0: it's, it, it's called it's countdown the, to final crisis. <laughs> it's in the friggin' name. But like, it is a, it is an opening act to the main event, which is final crisis. It is like nobody gives a shit about like whatever. Let you know whose favorite issues of Batman are the leading up to Nightfall. No. Yeah, really. It's about Nightfall. It's about the main event. Countdown. I guess like on one hand, you got to give them credit. Like, Hey, you executed yet another weekly series.
1: Yeah. Good on you.
0: No, it's not as successful. And no, they never got more successful after that.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> Again, we, uh, we mentioned futures end before. Hey, remember when they did futures
0: end? Yeah. Which was arguably was one of the worst things ever. Sure was. I, I hate it so much, but that comes after new 52. Yeah. So Dio has this bright idea along with the rest of his ilk, uh, to reboot the DC Universe out of Flashpoint, which I've always maintained was an afterthought. Oh, certainly. Flashpoint was the story, and they went, wait, we could reboot right now.
1: Yeah, if if you read those Jeff John Flash stories in the lead-up to Flashpoint, he had no idea that was going to happen. He's like, no, I'm just telling a cool Flash story.
0: Yeah, Uh, so New 52 happens, and that's yet another feather in his cap, by the way. So Dedeo helps to originate 52, Countdown, 52 weeks in a year. New 52, we're going to do the 52 thing again, so you never forget that me, Danidia, worked on this and made this Mm -hmm. thing happen. Uh, And like it or hate it, New 52 was a huge success. Definitely. It was a commercial success. It got major eyes on the publisher again. It got increased sales. Of course, Mm -hmm. they screwed that up, because we were like, let's do fifty-two books. Yeah, too many books. Too much. Op- too many options. When people have too much choice, they make no choice.
1: Look at Netflix. How much t- time do you spend on Netflix just clicking through shows and not oh, actually watching anything? That's the
0: thing. And and if I don't know anything about, it, like, if I'm a new entry to it, like, you know, if I uh, if I just got introduced to Netflix today. I'd be like, uh, no, I'm not going to do this. There's too many goddamn <laughs> options. But if you're like a classic Netflix user, you're like you transitioned into it. You got you, you got used to the bathwater. Like, so now, OK, I get it. And I, I know what to look for and how to suss out what doesn't work. If you're a new reader, it, like New 50 was supposed to be. And then you're like, hey, here's 52 friggin issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's 52 whole series you can pick out. Do I have to read them all? Are they all important? They're, this is getting expensive. And then what if, I, it ever. what if I fall in love with this book? Oh, well, that book didn't sell very well, so it's canceled. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I'm surprised you didn't talk about this. I know that you are a big Western DC fan, and he worked on yes. the weird Western Tales tie-in for Blackest Night.
1: Yes, yes, he did, which is kind of fun and kind of cool and everything. And like you said, with the metal man and with uh, Omac and all those yeah. other cult things, it's like, hey, let me do this cult thing; you'll really like it. Right. And and I and I did feel happy and seen, but now that you're saying, maybe he was being Machiavellian <laughs> and manipulative about it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute.
0: Right. I mean, like, hey, people, like there there is a subset of our of our audience that really likes Western books. It's not enough to sell a series. But it is enough no. to sell either a one-shot or enough, av- or, or enough of an audience to sell me as integral to this line. You, If you get rid of me, you'll never see another weird Western tale. You'll never see the Metal Men again. You'll never see all these beloved franchises that I have associated myself with. You'll never see a great weekly series from DC again. Goodbye to number 52. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Def- it just feels like he's safeguarding his position.
1: Without a doubt, and maybe that's why he stuck in the job as long as he did. Again, sitting here looking at his output. Remember the very short lived New Fifty Two Phantom Stranger he did when it's like, nah, Phantom Stranger and Pandora and the question, the huh? Trinity of Sin. It's it's a big deal, it's a big story. Oh, well, all these books got cancelled before we got to explain what the fuck any <laughs> of that meant.
0: Yeah. And the question is like, did it even matter? Like, did they did they even have an answer? They or, probably didn't. Like Well clearly it didn't matter because like Pandora got killed by Dr. Manhattan like practically off-panel
1: Yep, sure did the the harbinger of the new 52. Oh, she's connected to everything. She's in every first issue. What is her story? Oh, she just is Pandora. Oh, Okay. Yeah, she just is poof And also phantom (laughs) stranger is Judas, but we don't mention that anymore.
0: Well, I mean yeah, sometimes I think, they, so I think they've maintained that for a long time.
1: Have they maintained that still? I thought they stopped mentioning that. Oh, though, I'm sure
0: yeah. they've stopped mentioning it now, but I'm just saying, like, you know, that's you can do that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Mosley. Here's a little support. A uh, little to support the best channel. Thank you very much, Aww. Matthew. Uh, Ruzzy and Bot. <laughs> Russian Bot. <laughs> does this mean that Nightwing gets to come back? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fair-
1: And also, apparently, uh, what is it, Tiny was working on that anyway. I think the Rick Grayson thing had already had its run, so they were already building back up to that. But not before he has to fight the Joker.
0: Right. Yeah, don't forget that.
1: Man, Um, I kind of want to pick up that Rick Grayson Joker story because I kind of love the idea of the Joker going to mess with It's Like, what do you mean you think your name is Rick? We've had a history.
0: Remember who you are, you asshole. I would love it if Joker made him remember who he was.
1: was. That'd be fucking hilarious. Joker shows up and It's like, don't you remember me? No, I'm Rick. I don't remember anything.
0: I've always maintained Joker is like a secret safeguard. Like he's a, he's a secret continuity buff mm-hmm. and like loves to preserve history. I've always wanted – like I wanted him to be the new Psycho Pirate for the new 52 where he's the only one who remembers everything and that's why he cuts his face off. I've always right. wanted – like but I would love it if Joker's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to – I'm going to torture you into remembering everything because it's no fun if you don't remember my history.
1: Yeah, here's the old Haley
0: Circus, here's, you know, all these other things. Remember, damn it! Oh why is Batman not helping you do this? He puts him through, like, a, a gauntlet of trauma. Where, he, like, he makes him go on the trapeze and, like, makes him- Like, kills two people that look like his parents, and, like- <laughs> Oh. Man, I hope-
1: Who's writing that now? Juergens or Abnett? Who's- uh, who's writing Nightwing currently? I don't know. I don't-
0: I don't envy them, but I'm sure they're... feeling good now.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he, here's a pitch, man. This one's free. You can use this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can call it Carnival of Memories or something like that, or Carnival of yeah. Horrors. Uh, Rizy Lee, I want Ethan as the future. Uh, I bloody love you, Sal. Uh, thank oh. you. <laughs> That's very kind of you, and I'm glad that you dig Ethan. He's cool. Uh, he'll be here in a little bit. Uh, 94 Evangelion, about DiDio, how come he hated 52 but thought Countdown to Final Crisis was a success? Also, the end of DiDio won't change anything. There's Harris. What does Harris do?
1: That's the thing. We're not exactly sure. I know he keeps Scott Labdell employed, but
0: beyond that. And I don't like the thing is, the deal took a lot of heat, as we've said before. Uh, so we're going to find out if the deal actually deserves some of that heat, because if DC continues to make the same boneheaded decisions they've been making for the last mm. however long he's worked there, 10 years, 20, if you really want to, you know, use his entire body of work. Yeah then you know that he was just kind of doing that because he was a good soldier.
1: Definitely. You know, uh, it Gail Simone, of all people, a person who has no reason to lie in this situation, yep. briefly talked about DiDio and her time at DC, and she brought up something rather interesting. She said, you know, the funny thing about Dan was... Uh, what is it? He never got credit for the things he actually did right, and he happily took credit for things, or took the blame for things that other people did wrong. And I'm like,
0: really? Yeah, That's very interesting. That is. It's it's very telling, and it means that, like, he was a good executive. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, eat That Horse, when it comes to his writing, deal was someone really hard to pin down for me. I never loved very. or hated anything of his.
1: Same, it was all very middle of the road, I agree. I can't say, like, yo, this is the best Dan DiDio story ever.
0: That's the thing, and I think that if he were a terrible writer, he was intelligent enough to know, nah, I gotta step back, I can't do that. Like, I, I should mm-hmm. not be writing this book. Uh, he says, uh, I maybe Marvel will pick him up, and I can finally see him write a, a Spider-Man story. I think that no one wants that.
1: He he wrote his Spider Man story. It was called Sideways. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never want to see to deal with Marvel, and I think Marvel's smart enough not to employ him.
1: I think they have enough people right now.
0: That's the thing. I think they have enough people at the executive level. I think they have a. I think that Kevin Feige, who's chief creative officer of Marvel Comics, yeah. would be like, "Oh, I don't think that's such a good idea."
1: I don't need another swinging dick around here. Let let IDW or Boom have him. And let's face it, that's the other thing. The comic industry, despite what people will tell you, is actually quite small and quite incestuous. And just because Dan DiDio is gone from D.C., do not be shocked if we hear in like a month, oh, he got picked up by another company, because, hey, he's got Hollywood contacts and a whole, you know, experience and resume behind him. It's
0: true. If he... The fact that there's been no news about his termination suggests that maybe they're doing him a favor by not saying anything at all. Mm, yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, then they're doing it to preserve his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they are trying to preserve his career, then we will see him probably get a job. The thing is, if you don't see him work for Valiant uh, or IDW or Boom or like Dark Horse. Sky I can see him going, Sky But I can see him go to Dark Horse very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't see him move to one of those... Uh, publishers in the next month or two uh it's because like you could infer that like more news is about to drop about this guy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and again it's it, 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 it's the waiting the waiting's the hardest part the not knowing
0: yeah and, and it really could just be that you know he just he's he was he 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 cared too much and he and he stuck his neck out too much
1: uh quite possibly uh, did, i th- I, th- I think another yeah. saga of Dan Dio's tenure, we have to talk about is the uh Kate Kane Batwoman Maggie Sawyer wedding that he shot down apparently very early in the new fifty two. And a lot of people, you know, said, Hey, this sounds like some blatant homophobia right here. Why can't these two women get married? Only for him to come back with probably the worst response. He couldn't was like, No, no, no. It has nothing to do with them being
0: gay. I just don't think any
1: hero should be uh be married and be allowed to be happy. <laughs>
0: right. Uh which is uh it's too much inside baseball outside. The thing is, uh, if you tell your like, because here's the thing, like I know Bendis did the same thing actually. Bendis was talking about how uh, I remember he responded to a to a critique he got, where they were like, "Leave Daredevil alone," Mm. and he was like, "What do you want me to do? Like have him eat a sandwich? The book would be really boring." (laughs) And it's like, what you don't, what you have to like, you kind of have to fool yourself as a reader into thinking that this is not serialized fiction that was here before you were born and will be here after you die
1: it's it's soap operas right
0: and the fact is there if if you give your audience a natural way out of the Mm. book
1: believe they'll
0: take it and then they'll figure out that they're wasting their money on your comic book like and you
1: don't want that and you
0: don't want that you want them to constantly keep buying the next thing that's why every issue no matter how important or integral or or final ends with a cliffhanger of some
1: kind. absolutely uh it goes back to radio plays even that's be sure to come back next week everyone yeah,
0: exactly uh daniel Prato, season three reboot was where it gets great
1: a lot, some people do definitely feel that. I definitely think I was in the uh, camp, too, where Reboot got older and more mature as I was getting older and more mature. So there's definitely a group of people of a certain age who will say, yo, it got awesome. Well,
0: and that's the thing is that, like, DiDio knew his audience and or, very... or at least he thought he did because he's like, listen, Dark and Gritty is where it's at. Like, yeah,
1: it's 97, man.
0: Right make it dark and gritty, make it more mature, kill them, rape them, like do whatever it takes to get this story in people's minds, in the trades, in, in, in write-ups, you know, we're, we're the mature publisher. Marvel tells stories about superheroes that, that that don't age and can't die and blah, 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 and who cares? But like DC is where you come for the hard hitting real Mm. stuff. And it's like, yeah, but if everything is like that, where's the joy? Where, where's the, where's the respite?
1: And they Um, play that – and, like, it feels like they play out that pattern again every five to eight years where it's like, oh, DC's getting really dark and uh, gritty again.
0: Right. And I I definitely think he's responsible for a big part of that. Um, And and I think – Because it worked for him in the past. Well, and you know what's funny? When I was 13 or 12, I thought that was awesome. And I really – I gravitated towards that kind of stuff because that's – Likewise. That made me think I was more mature. And I think that season three of, of of Reboot being darker and grittier is kind of like a, oh my god, like how cool. But when you like go back and rewatch some of that, I think you're gonna be like, oh, you know, actually I kind of really miss when they were just going on adventures.
1: You know, it helps too for a TV show with an actual end like it is where it's like, okay, this this was the dark season, this was the Empire Strikes Back, but that's okay because they got lighter and happier later on and even in the seasons that were technically just movies, Right. You, you, you got to have your cake and eat it, too, because it's like, okay, here's Matrix, dark and gritty Enzo, but oh, because it's a computer, we backed up little cute Enzo, so we have both.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, Rizie Lee says, love you, Joel, that's my little brother's name.
1: Aww, aw, thanks, man. I, I needed to hear that today. I cracked a tooth the other day, and I've been a little down about it, so thank you for the kind words.
0: Yeah. He also says, uh, Didio did a rap job on my girl, Raven.
1: Oh yeah, but man, you know that's basically any Teen Titans centric character, but Raven especially. Raven at least got two miniseries where they <laughs> tried to restart her from scratch both times, and neither time it worked.
0: Nope. Uh, it, uh, we should talk about that at some point. Just like why, like why is it the character like Raven's a really cool character, and uh, you know when you look at like the old like Wolfman era of Teen Titans, you know Raven's very different from yes every other incarnation of that character it's true and the titans go slash teen titans animated series like that raven's different from the young justice Raven. like all these ravens they're all very different they all work very well uh or at least they work for their own universes definitely why is it that like you can't just take like uh here's the name here's the costume here's the powers i'm doing something new and it just doesn't work it's funny
1: you know it's like all those like raven miniseries that we got i'm like man this would be really great if this was a tracy 13 miniseries or (laughs) it's like you have characters that this fit better before uh for in fact hey was this a pitch for one of those other characters and they're like yeah but make it about raven though that
0: could very well be why it didn't work and why so many of those don't work is because it's like it's a pitch for somebody more natural
1: true Uh, enough uh bring it back to the Batwoman yeah. thing uh, again. So, you know, I think DiDio had that whole, like, is she secretly homophobic thing hanging right. over his head for a very long time. And yet an- another piece of credit that you have to give him is that he was one of the driving forces behind that uh, Love is Love anthology to uh, benefit the victims of the Pulse nightclub shooting. Yeah. And that was one of his big initiatives. And again, bring it back to Simone, who said that, you know, uh, when she was bringing in more LGBT characters and ideas for her book. She went to Daddio to get it okay, and apparently he always championed that stuff. Yeah, yeah. As an editor and as a head, and I'm like, really? That's right. very interesting to know.
0: Yeah, and 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 if you look at Daddio as like a fan, it's like, I I get why he would do that. If you get if you look at him as a as an executive, as a mm. as a as a company man, uh, like, did he see the potential mm. for a for, for that kind of inclusion? And go like, yeah, actually, we're trying to like, I mean, the fact is New 52 and 52, like everything that Do did seemingly was an effort to get people who don't normally read comics to read them. It's true, for so, better or for ill. Yes, and uh, inclusion is a big part of that because it requires you to, to reach out to audiences you otherwise either... Ignored, marginalized, or didn't regard. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, good. The uh, that's the Dio who loved and cared about his company that he worked for, and then there's the guy who also was a creator and you know wanted to tell his own stories too. And you know, yeah, because I and and I wonder if Dio truly hated the Titans and legacy characters. Or if he was just like, no, they're bad for business. I can't, re- right. I can't afford to have regard for Robins and mm. you know and Nightwings and whatnot because I, I think they're bad for business.
1: It's it's gotten to the point too that you know Didio's you know hatred of Nightwing Dick Grayson specifically has become basically a meme within the comic book community and you have to figure like did we help stoke that legend cuz the word is always like every event Didio was like hey why don't we kill Nightwing this time? <laughs> hey, why don't we wh- why don't we make him lose his memory? Why don't we make him a spy this time? Didio, I, I I did you not like this guy or do you think just like oh no, we need to move him in a different direction. He can't just be Nightwing. And I e- even as early as like the uh DC Rebirth panel He even joked about it when they put Nightwing back in the blue. He's like, hey, you didn't clear that with me. (laughs) Yeah. To where I'm like, was even he aware? And was even he like, you know, uh,
0: leaning into it a bit where it's like, I hate Nightwing. It's funny, isn't it? (laughs) Definitely. Well, he made that announcement. That was at WonderCon. He was in a room full of fans. Like, that was absolutely him playing to the audience and being like, no, like, listen, just because you and I, like, he as the executive, as the co-publisher, as the guy, as the idea guy, and you, the fan, disagree. Doesn't mean we have to hate each other. Doesn't mean yeah. that, we're, that we're adversarial. Like, yeah. convince me that you want more Nightwing by buying more Nightwing.
1: Yeah, and then I will give you the Nightwing you want.
0: Uh, Evangelion, uh, considering his hate for legacy characters and his love of Grimdark, why didn't he ever work for Marvel? Uh, maybe he <laughs> can do it now. People are really like, do you want him to work for Marvel? Because I sure don't. I uh, mean, they
1: already have bed discs and they're already probably paying him more than anyone else in the comic industry today.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't think Marvel needs a DiDio and I don't think that Marvel wants a DiDio Mm. uh Heartless Fang dropping some cash before I run to work good luck have a great day Uh, any uh, recommendations for Marvel or DC graphic novels Graft Snyder's Mm. JL and Absolute Carnage today uh yeah Life Story pick that up uh yeah definitely Deceased is really good I like that too
1: Um, Immortal Hulk
0: yep uh yeah Immortal Hulk is a great series so you should definitely grab some of those Uh, Zdarsky's Daredevil yeah Zdarsky's Daredevil is excellent um I still gotta track down an issue one because I just need that. Um, so there you go, uh, Carlos Rodriguez. I'm not saying DC and Marvel are gonna merge, but Francis Manipal has taken over the current Daredevil book, and that would make my life better. Also, Capullo on X Men. I don't want Capullo on X Men. I-, I love Capullo's work. I think he's a really awesome artist. Um, I think he excels when it's one character. I mm. think he gets I think he gets a it gets away from him when he has multiple characters. His mm. work on Dark Knight's Metal is cool. But it's no better than his work on, like, Batman. Right. And its I think it's because there's too much going on. There's too many right, characters. Right. There's too much to keep straight. And I don't know if I like his his interpretation of everybody. You know, he, he is great with brooding, shadowed characters in giant mm. capes.
1: Big capes. Gotta love them capes.
0: You know, and would I love to see his, his work on Spider-Man? Sure. But I could also look at Ryan Segman's work on Spider-Man, and I'd be just as satisfied. C-
1: completely unrelated. Uh, but did you see Capullo? Uh, he uploaded a picture to his Instagram the other day of like him at his height as like a weightlifter and everything, and he seriously looks like young Edward Norton from American History
0: X. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not seen him do that, but I do know he he, he pumps iron and he's 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 a beast. <laughs> like literally, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I've ne- I think I audibly went, "Jesus
1: fucking Christ!"
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy he is scarily muscle yeah he does not mess around man and uh, he's a great artist too holy shit right yeah uh super duper head ass just want to say love you guys i've been writing my own comic recently and you guys have inspired me to do so well Aww, congratulations man good luck uh also please do more flash on back issues yeah maybe we'll get there
1: <laughs> he ran so fast flash didn't read or uh, sal didn't read the book <laughs> exactly
0: no he's yeah well that's his solution to everything the grouchy geek saying hi to my favorite comic boys before I my accounting class. Hey, wish I could stay, but I'm excited to watch later. Welcome, man, and uh, enjoy the show oh, well. on the repeat. Thanks a lot for being here, man. When
1: uh, when you it. pass that accounting class and become an accountant, please talk to me because I need one.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I have an accountant, so yeah, go go call Joel.
1: i i i I imagine the account you think will probably be very short well joel you don't have enough money and you need more of it
0: right i would (laughs) recommend getting a job (laughs) yeah really that's not you (laughs) too yeah oh
1: yeah oh so
0: excited off topic wish marvel would put miles in his own universe again and make him the movie version because that's the best version of the character i also like movie miles a little more than comic miles uh there is no universe for him to inhabit right now. Uh, he, he basically
1: he... is movie miles now. That that was when Solid and Amid came on the book. He really pivoted. Again, if you read his first issue versus the last Bendis issue, his personality and tone of voice changes completely. Right,
0: right. Uh, Rusky, was deal. one of the executives pushing for a universal reboot every pre- presidential election? Hmm. I don't know. I've never heard that, that quote. Uh, is that the idea? Like, every four years, we need to reboot the universe? Because... That's a terrible idea. Definitely, um, I doubt it. I think he's because here's the thing: like he he needs the credit for the successes. New Fifty Two mm. was a financial success. You need to you, you you can't undo that every four years and expect the same level of success and expect yeah. to get the accolades that you got from the from the real success. Uh, James Robbins' best books under Dan from the two thousands. Love you guys by the way. Thanks for always being fantastic. Thank you, James. Aww, yeah, what are some of you. the best books that DiDio helped to greenlight or bring into the world? Mm. Well, uh um, let's look. I mean 52 DC comics. He, yeah. 52 he fostered in. Uh I would say that like he helped bring in the Snyder Capullo Batman 52 New 52 run. Definitely. So that was an excellent series. Uh I I Josh Williamson came to the company under Dadio. Um yeah. so, Jeff Lemire again with Green Arrow and everything. You get Lemire's Green Arrow. You get uh, Williamson's Flash, um, because he's co publisher. And honestly, I don't know what Jim Lee does over there besides variant covers. Um, I love Jim Lee and I think he's great, but uh, same. But I don't know what decisions he makes over there. Like he's never taken credit for a decision made. At DC, which I think is kind of amazing. It's it's really clever because like he's he's very skillful at that, you know, where he's like, I'm an executive and I make an executive salary. But no one mm. ever is mad at me.
1: No, because again, he's always at the cons and always signing stuff and always talking to people and right. always being very personal. And he always
0: does those Batman variants, and you're like, Oh, he's just so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, he's co publisher, he had to sign those things too, you know. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: Yeah, but uh yeah. Um I'm trying to think of what else he brought into the, like, I mean, like, it, it, it's not so much books as it is creative people. I mean, he he was definitely at the helm or part, you know, he had his hand on the mast uh, when he, they brought in Tom Taylor to do Injustice.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it was good it, shit.
0: Because Injustice could have just been a cash grab, and it was. But without Tom Taylor, it would have been forgettable and stupid.
1: What I think people forget about Tom Taylor, too, is that he was writing that Earth 2 book for the new 52 while also writing Injustice at the same time there for a little bit.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. I never read Earth 2. I, 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 I've I, heard mixed feelings.
1: I, I enjoyed it in the beginning, but then when it became very clear that there was no future for this universe and these characters and they were just going to eventually, many, many years later, just bring back the JSA anyway. Yeah. Uh,
0: Marthias Pereira. Uh, what was Year of the Villain? Is it over yet? Uh, no, it's not. I thought it was, but apparently not. Uh, Year of the Villain was a marketing no. initiative by DC to sell more books. Uh, it, it was, I guess, inspired by Snyder's Justice League run, the idea being that yeah. Doom has taken over and Perpetua is going to take like control. Uh, the books that I read that had the, new, the Year of the Villain banner um, were mostly just their own books and then had, at the end of each issue, Those characters then glance at the sky and see the logo that Scott Snyder designed and go, oh, I guess I'm in the Year of the Villain book.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of the weakest little attempts at a pseudo event, because literally, even in the books where it did factor in, Lex is like, hey, Mr. Freeze, here's a thing for your wife. Hey, you know, uh, Captain Cold, here's, you know, a power upgrade. They're like, cool. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing anyway. Doesn't really change. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and even more confusing, please, please get the hell out of here.
0: Yeah, please don't make it any more confusing than it already has to be.
1: And then you got a hell horizon that's going on right now, which is maybe the first James Tynan book I haven't actually enjoyed in like forever. right?
0: Yeah, that I, book uh, feels like work the The direction that d c has been headed in for the last year or two makes me kind of want to stop, stop reading d c altogether.
1: I'm reading so few DC books now. That being said, my favorite DC books: White Knight, Superman Smashes the Klan, uh, DC's Unkillables. I'm like, man, these are great. Oh, and they're all out of continuity.
0: Yeah, yeah. White Knight What's is it? great, by the way. Check out White Knight. Yeah. Um, two, Curse the White Knight. Yeah. Uh, Tevia uh, surprisingly says, "Why did DiDio hate Wally West and John Kent Superboy? Uh, because they aged the main characters, and that's where the money comes from."
1: Yeah. Screw these legacies. (laughs) I I
0: don't even think he hated them. I think he was just like, these characters hurt my bottom line, so they have to go.
1: Mm -hmm. Again, if we can slap Bruce and Barry and everything else on these, they will make money, even if they're not that well-written.
0: Yep. So excited. Avengers vs. X-Men sequel? Is it happening, and would you be down? No, I hated it the first time. I uh, I, I think it was obvious and terrible. I think it was flimsy and poorly put together. I think the fights were the only thing interesting about them, and even then, I don't care about that. Uh, You know, they literally had a side series that was just the fights, um, as if to say, "This is what this book's about." Um, My uh,
1: my favorite Avengers versus X Men story is when uh, Jimmy Palmiotti wrote the "What Should Have Happened" story. Where literally Magneto kills, like, half of the Avengers by crushing their helicarrier on them. Like,
0: yeah, why didn't he do that in the beginning? Right? No, I I, I hate that. I think it's an intellectually bankrupt concept, and I uh, I would not be down for a sequel.
1: But, uh, I mean, I think that's where we'll have to go eventually. And, I mean, we're kind of testing the waters now with basically X-Men versus
0: Fantastic Four. And if Hickman writes it, I don't know. Yeah, but he's not. It's just, it's Sadarsky.
1: Yeah, I know. No, I'm saying. Oh, if you mean we... if
0: they do that? Yeah, I think it it, it won't be X Men versus Fantastic Four. I think it'll be the Marvel Universe versus the X Men.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's where they seem to be going. Man, did you read that last uh, issue of uh, X Men: The Crucible?
0: Not yet. No, it's some. It, I I read the first page and then I was like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but
0: But uh, yeah, no, I gotta I gotta read that man. It's it's I I I don't miss any issue of X Men.
1: Mm. Wolverine uh, wears a bathrobe that's the same colors as his old costume, uh, yellow and black, and I love it.
0: Okay. Uh, Rusky, uh, 9110, don't know how much he had to do with it, but wasn't DiDio in charge when the Earth-1 graphic novel started? Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Good initiative. Uh, I wish that they were coming out more frequently.
1: <laughs> yeah, they slowed down on them pretty hard, didn't they? They were all in on them for a minute.
0: Yeah, for a hot minute. Uh, Taylor Pester DiDio was always... Uh, big driving force behind 52 then he quickly ran that concept into the ground with countdown yes it's that's
1: true. what we were saying again too you know you figure was was didio one of the driving forces behind all these different imprints we have now because we mentioned earth one right then he also got the black label yep
0: black label that was very much i think that was like a snyder capullo pitch Joint, wasn't it? yeah maybe yeah. It i remember like something. well it's 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 named after whiskey and There you go. So we know Snyder and Capullo have that whiskey thing on Twitter. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, I, 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 I think he has to sign all those bottom lines. So, or had to, so yeah, he had something to do with it. He could have always been like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Why would we want to make like an ultimate universe <laughs> for mm. the DC? Uh, Alex Silva finally caught you guys live. Hey, welcome to the show, oh, man. That's nice. Just wanted to let you know I really enjoyed the re-upload of the old episodes of Elseworlds Exchange on Spotify. They are hey. part of my daily commute. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, for some reason, Spotify and other things like didn't capture like the first 50 or 100 episodes. Uh, huh. so, so I'm re-uploading them and remastering them, cleaning them up. Make them a little more listenable, and so if you yeah. if you listen to like the first like fifty episodes of the show and you're like the audio's terrible, it's way better on Spotify. So go check them out.
1: It's a it's the special edition of the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm not a puppet anymore. There's a Sai Snoodles musical number, and people wonder if it's as good as the others. That's
0: right. I can, well, as the George Lucas of the situation, I can vehemently tell you it is better, and uh, I'm, 100%. I will. Uh, but I, I, do want to keep those, uh, those numbers and the ad revenue, so I'm not going to be overwriting the old episodes with the new ones. <laughs> and uh, infernal disdain uh, for me, X Men's horribly uninteresting. I feel like it should have been an out of continuity story, but I am not even uh, intrigued by the concept. Well, uh, you and Benny from Comic Story and. Can continue to not read X Men because, like,
1: you're you're in an interesting a, minority.
0: Yeah, uh, but uh, I get it, and as much as I love, you know, I I love this story, and I think it's really cool. It mm-hmm. is frustrating and scary and like creepy, and I'm like, Very. this is not ingratiating the X Men into the Marvel universe.
1: Like, no, and it's also like, how do you walk this back when this is all done? Because naturally, the status quo is always returned. Well,
0: and I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to do that. Like, wh- how are they going to pull that hat trick? And the fact is, one of the Myra McTaggart lives was identical to this current continuity. So True. I'm assuming that this is all going to get undone, and the next life will be, you know, the future.
1: <laughs> like, that's, the, uh, that's always an option.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, at the end of the day, Dana he was, uh, you know, he was like two faces coin, you know, he, he you know, so one part marred by, uh, controversy and, uh, and, and fan reaction and the other part, uh, a pristine symbol of, uh, of, of, of merchandising and, and, and capitalism. Uh, <laughs> he, uh,
1: he's, a, he's a complicated man and no one understands him, but his woman.
0: Right. Uh, did, I will say like, like, let's wrap this up with personal anecdotes. Uh, Did you ever meet Dan DiDio? I never did, actually, but I would have been very happy to have met him if I did, just to say I did. Right? Uh, I met him once, uh, or no, twice, I should say. Uh, The last time I saw him was this last New York Comic Con. He and I, I was walking to New York Comic Con through the Port Authority. He was leaving Mm. New York Comic Con, walking (laughs) through the Port Authority. I was like, it is 10 in the morning. The show has just started, and you're leaving. <laughs> he's going in the opposite direction of the show, and he had his uh, he had his baseball cap on. And he was with his wife, and I said, "Hey, Dan," and he was like, "Hello," <laughs> and then <laughs> kept going. That's uh, got to
1: be such a weird thing to walk around New York at Comic Con time when you know people will recognize
0: you, right? Uh, yeah, I had the same experience with uh, with with Joe Casada. Uh, he was walking, in, I was walking out. It was the end of the day. See a people, no you, you, Joe Casada. If you see him, he's very unassuming. So like he could just blend in with a crowd, but I I see him and I'm like, oh my God. It's like, hey man, good to see you. And I gave him a whap on the shoulder and he gave oh, me this look that sad. said, don't fucking touch me. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but he was like, he looked at me like, oh God damn it. His
1: um, I said it. To think my only New York Comic Con uh, writer running was when uh, Rob Liefeld bumped me. <laughs> you're right. Ugh, Rob yeah.
0: Uh, Dan V 900 uh, says, speaking of Earth One, uh, remember when Johns and Frank said the first one would, no, no, I'm sorry, the third one would be out in 2016 and there wouldn't be a big delay like the second one. Then Frank blamed Doomsday Clock for the delay. Yes. Yeah, but uh, as I understand, he's like halfway done with it. So uh, I've always heard that Doomsday Clock was deliberately uh, delayed Uh, Mm. and maybe it had something to do with this, that like people saw this coming Mm. Uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, I will say that I don't believe for a second that Gary Frank was drawing Doomsday Clock two months ago. I think that Gary Frank had been done with Doomsday Clock for months.
1: Mm. It'll be interesting when all of this eventually comes out in the wash because it has to.
0: I don't know. There's a lot of unaired, like, of of dirty laundry that we've never gotten to see from the comic book industry because it's so small and because it's so cutthroat and because everybody's trying, like, to get the job that this guy has Mm. had for 40 years. You know, no one wants to upset the apple cart.
1: Uh, everything comes to light eventually. Either someone gets drunk at a bar and says stuff they weren't supposed to, someone else gets fired and says, all right, well, let me burn everyone on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I will say uh, there's more potential now than ever before to find out. Yes. Uh, my other experience meeting the was at the DC Rebirth panel at WonderCon. Oh. Uh, I, coincidentally, we were going to, to WonderCon the same day they were announcing uh, DC Rebirth went to the panel uh, and I was like this is freaking
1: amazing. That was a great panel I wish they did more stuff like that where they streamed it on TV because you guys were all there yeah. you got your and you got your donuts and everything and <laughs> meanwhile I was sitting at home watching I'm like damn it all my friends got donuts. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah. DC Donuts. Uh, they ran out of C's I think. I don't remember what uh, they were but uh, yeah there were D's and C's. That's uh,
1: so clever. Why don't they do that more? I know.
0: When the show was over they just were like, well, we're going to hang out here. So I just walked up to the stage and said hello to Jim Lee and Dan DeDio and Jeff Johns was not a few inches away from me, but he was engaged in a conversation with Scott Snyder and I didn't want to do that. And it was just it was in, I was like, wow. Because we were like members of the press, I guess was the thing mm-hmm. but like but I got to be like, hey man, this is this is a really exciting initiative like I'm really really ex-. he's like, yeah, like this you know like you like are you a fan? are you excited about this? I'm like, yes, very excited like this is really cool mm-hmm. and he's like, and- oh, good to hear like <laughs> That's it, you know. It's just good to hear. And then, uh, is, I, is he a big guy in real life? I heard he's a big guy in real he life. He is. He's about. Up. He's a little taller than me. I think he's like six foot two, six foot three. Like.
1: And you're a tall guy, so that's saying a lot. I'm six foot
0: one or six foot two. Like he's, yeah, we were around the same height. He's a, he's he's a little muscle. He's a little more muscular than I am. Um, hmm. but yeah. And then Dan Abnett was leaving, and I'm like, wait, and uh, <laughs> and I ran over to Dan Abnett, and I'm like, hey man, you've written the only canonical Terminator two sequel, which is Terminator <laughs> Two: Cybernetic Dawn, and he's like, wow. <laughs> Someone remembers <laughs> Thank that. Thanks a lot.
1: Was not expecting that when I woke up this morning. That's why I love this job. Right? I'm always surprised. Yeah. yeah,
0: he was literally like, "Wow, somebody remembers that. Thanks a lot." I'm like, and I, I'm really, and I think your Aquaman's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh yeah, thanks." The thing
1: I'm here. That's for. right. He, he, that's right. He he wrote the last Aquaman run that I actually read. That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting him onto Aquaman was like the big deal. That was like, finally, wasn't he?
1: Yes, he was, yeah. and, like, he, cle- he he cleaned up a lot of the mess that the previous writer in between Johns had made, So that was nice.
0: Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Dantidio storied history. Uh, his mark on DC will not be so easily erased.
1: No, no, it won't.
0: Uh, for good or ill,
1: uh, mm. I, I, I
0: only hope, I mean, in every situation like this, I can only hope the good outweighs the bad, and... Mm. Uh, you know, he is remembered fondly for his contributions and less so for his detriments and for his faults. Uh, Yeah. And I, and I wish him well, I hope he does well. Just stay away from Marvel. Just, you know, (laughs) because I think the guy, you know, he's, he's a professional. He is a, he, he, and he, and he was good at his job and he could do some pretty revolutionary things, particularly for a small press.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I almost wish he goes to a small press more so they can benefit from his years that of experience. Thing.
0: Take your years of experience and your media contacts and do something really, really revolutionary with it. Because I'm less concerned, you know, like just, just tossing it out there. Wouldn't it be cool if Valiant hired him? Yeah. Valiant's got a shared universe. They've got dark and gritty characters. Everybody's like everybody's shooting each other. You know, mm-hmm. like as long as you leave Hastings on Quantum and Woody, I'm good. You know, Uh, plus he got like, he's got plenty of media contacts. I think that'd be a good, that'd be a good call.
1: Definitely. I think, I think he's got some ideas for Bloodshot. Now, let me tell you what (laughs) I have planned for bloodshot. Yeah,
0: I got an idea for bloodshot. He murders a lot of people and uh, there's no junior bloodshots, no sidekicks. They (laughs) age (laughs) bloodshot.
1: Doesn't he actually have like a, like a daughter and a junior sidekick right now, bloodshot? Uh,
0: Right now? I mean, if you're talking about like that, that little... A little guy, I think he was an imaginary construct, like, mixes oh. with like,
1: Yeah, they, like they were that nice right. to actually send me the collection of uh, yeah. Bloodshot and I need to get through it.
0: Right? Yeah, same Because
1: I do, do want to make a video
0: on it. Oh, totally. The movie's coming out in two weeks. Yeah. Really? That soon? Jesus Christ. Or a week? Two weeks. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much for hanging out with us and, uh, looking back on Dan DiDio's illustrious career. Uh, we will see you guys next week with an all-new episode of Alice World's Exchange on Tuesday around 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But, uh, conversation doesn't have to stop here if you want to hear more uh there's a bonus show called one shots over on our patreon patreon.com slash comic pop check it out and uh it's a little shorter obviously but you know there's but you get a good meal it's a good brunch for you mm-hmm. uh, and there's plenty more to, to pour over uh over there and of course if you're listening to us on spotify thank you so much give us a good rating over here on spotify yeah. and we'll catch you guys next time i'm sal i'm joel so long everybody bye-bye oh uh hang on Lord of Realms, long time no chat, love your Harbor Patrol skit. Personally, I think Disney should have bought Warner Brothers instead of Fox. Thank you very much, I'm glad you like that. I love Harbor Patrol. I don't agree with you on the, on the Fox Warner Brothers thing, but, uh, but I'll agree to disagree.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> well, there you go.
0: <laughs> Bye.